It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. We are through wildcard weekend, divisional round coming up starting tomorrow. We're here on a Friday recording some NFL talk for you. I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Weinrich. How you doing, sir? Doing good. Uh, I just signed a contract with my girlfriend, like Urban Meyer, that I won't work too hard. Fire. <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't that be great to have that written into to any any job uh, description? Don't don't work too hard. Yeah, I'll get don't, it. Yeah, spend spend as much time with your family as you want. You know, all that good stuff. But uh, you know, just go, going right off of that, I mean, we're going to jump right into it here. Uh, some big some big coaching changes, some big coaching hires, and uh, we're going to start off with a couple that have already been announced. And then we're going to run through. I know you have a ranking. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't heard it yet. I'm excited to hear it of what you think of these open positions. So let's start with uh, let's start with the, one of the hometown teams. Let's start with the Jets. They they uh, signed to be their head coach, Robert Sala, defensive coordinator of the 49ers. What are your thoughts? Um, I like this hire. I mean, he brings a culture to the Jets, which they desperately needed coming off of Adam Gase's last two years. And to be honest, the Jets have seemed to thrive better under a defensive head coach rather than an offensive head coach. Yeah, I think this guy's known for basically his intensity. You know, you watch these broadcasts and, and they they are constant. I think they show him more than they showed the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, because he's just so intense on the sideline. And I agree. I mean, history shows the Jets seem to have fared better under defensive-minded coaches, but my concern is that what does that do for Sam Darnold? What, who are they, I'm, I'm curious who they're going to bring in uh, if they even go with Sam Darnold when it's all said and done. I mean, who are they going to bring in to try to help these guys? I mean, to be honest, I think that's the bigger hire for the Jets is who do they get as their offensive coordinator? More Especially, than the head yeah. coach. Especially if they're going to be taking a quarterback, I mean, you better you don't you don't want a situation where your quarterback or your franchise quarterback, who you think is who you think is your quarterback of the future, uh, constantly changing coordinators and head coaches. I mean, this is this is his third. This is what his third head coach. This would be his third. This would be Darnold's third head coach. Yeah, he had Todd Bowles his rookie year. Which you could argue was his best year. I mean, he, his best year was under Todd Bowles, and then they bring in Adam Gase, who's supposed to save the world for Jets fans, and uh, and and Darnold regresses incredibly. So I, I agree with you. I think that who they bring in as the offensive coordinator is going to say a lot about uh, what what happens going forward because Salah is a defensive guy. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the one to turn Sam Darnold around or whoever they get. I mean, he's not going to be the one to groom this next quarterback. So you, are you, I, I know you said you like it. Um, I think, I think, I think he's going to be a good head coach. I just hope, I just hope that he's in the right situation because it seems like a lot of coaches come to die here for the New York Jets. Yeah, a lot of. Uh... Todd Bowles leaves, and now he's getting interviews around the league to be the next head coach for a couple teams. So, 
Yeah, and I, I don't know where Gase is going to go after this. I mean, is he is he going to get another head coaching job? I would assume Gase is, to be honest, might be done in the NFL. I'd be very surprised if he even got like a position coach job. Yeah, you look at what he did, you know, before leaving Miami, and now with the Jets, it's it's he's got like a he's got a negative impact on the team, pretty much across the board, and. You see, you know, you see uh, Gase leave and the Dolphins are kind of immediately better. And uh, it's just not it's not a good look when you leave and 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 things get better after you're gone. Well, especially since he's supposed to be a quarterback's coach. And Tannehill leaves him and now is. A bona fide starter in the NFL. So maybe that'll just help Sam Darnold is just getting away from Adam Gase. Yeah, I I think I think you're onto something there. Uh, so so you know, we'll see what happens with that. I think I think the Jets, you know, the Jets situation isn't really the most desirable. They do have the number two overall pick, but it just seems they're a mess year year in year out. They're a mess. Yeah, um, they have the two and twenty third this year, but a big bonus is they're going to be seventy million under the cap, and the way some of these teams are built since the cap is either going to stay flat or maybe even go down a little bit. They could be in some position to uh, pick up some cheap veterans. Yeah, I think, I think they, you know, we were just talking about this not too, not, not too long ago. You know, it was just a couple of years ago that we were saying, oh, they're, they're going to have 90-something million in cap space, right? And what did they do with it? They didn't really do much with it. So... I'm curious to see what they do and if things change. I'll I'll hold out my my judgment until I actually see something changing. But uh, how about the the Jaguars? You already kind of kind of gave that one away. Jaguars hiring Urban Meyer to lead them to the promised land. I hate it. I hate the hire. What what specifically? Just that he's you know I know you brought it up that he's not he might not be the most committed. Um, I don't know. Let's see. The most committed. Um, if you remember his run in Florida with Mr. Tebow, uh, that whole team was riddled with controversies. Yeah. I mean, any, any, it seems like any good college coach that has success, you know, they leave a program and then it comes out that, you know, there were all these things, uh, violations and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, you know they're, Maybe a murder or two, you know. Yeah, yeah, little things like that. Nothing too crazy, but yeah, I, you know, I my reservations are that, you know, they're already talking about him having a say in who the next GM is, which is dangerous. We've seen that uh, not work out, and uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. The, everything that I was. Uh, so. What I saw today was a lot of people talking about how he's going to run it like a college program because the Jaguars are the closest thing to a college program that the NFL has, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. How can you how can you think we've seen it? We've seen it, you know. It's it's been tried before. 
You see these college coaches come in and they try to do things a certain way and it just doesn't work because this is not college. So to think that Urban Meyer is now going to come in and be able to do that, I just don't see it. And it actually kind of upset me a little bit hearing that because I'm like, when has this ever worked? All you're doing is is just feeding into this this thing that is just not going to happen. Wasn't that the reason why the Jaguars had to trade half their players like Jalen Ramsey? Because Tom Coughlin was trying to run it like a college with all these fines and disciplinary issues for stupid things. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hearing them talk about, you know, how he can he can turn over the roster as much as he wants because they're you know they're young players they you know you can you can bring in young guys and you can have these position battles and I, I we just we've seen it and it hasn't worked so and I don't see it working here. Yeah, I, that's the Jaguars. I mean, benefit is it's the Jaguars, so he's going to have such a long leash that it doesn't really matter. And you get the number one overall pick. They're $73 million under the projected cap. So, What about this? At his press conference, he said all three quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Josh, Justin Fields, are all in the running for the number one pick. Do you believe him for a second? Uh, no. But I will say that he's definitely going to talk up Justin Fields. Because that is his guy. He, I'm pretty sure he recruited him to come to Ohio State. Yeah, no, he did. He did recruit him to come there. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're the Jaguars and you're hiring a head coach, I'm sure that you had the discussion about who you're going to draft, right? I mean. Oh, yeah, he already knows who he wants. Yeah, and, and you got the pick of the litter. So, yeah, I, I agree. I Well, I don't think that he's going he's not going to come out and say, well, you know, we're taking Trevor Lawrence and that's what we're doing because like you said, you want to drum up interest where maybe someone's like, "Oh, wait, we really want Justin Fields. They might take him." You know, let's trade up, which I I don't really see that happening. The Jaguars aren't moving out of number 1. No, it's just he's loyal to his guys. So, he he's going to prop up Justin Fields, who I think is definitely going in the first round. It's just a matter of when and where. Yeah, I'm I'm curious what the Jets do with the number two pick. I wonder I wonder if Salah comes in and says, you know what, we're going to stick with Darnold, uh, and and see what he's got. They need to make a decision on his fifth year option. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be the big decision is because the Jets could get a possible king's ransom for that number two pick, or you try to trade Darnold and get maybe a second or a third out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, if I, if I were another team in the league, I don't think that I would take a shot on Darnold. Uh, I don't know. I, it's hard, it's hard to say because he's been injured a lot, but some of, the, some of it might be just that he didn't want to play for this team. <laughs> or that the Jets might have been tanking and, Cautioned him not to play as much. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I, I, uh, I'm interested to see what they do here because uh, maybe they go the Trubisky route, where you say we're not going to pick up your option, show us what you got, and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, because you can always still franchise tag them. It it'll cost you more, but it's so not as much of a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. That that maybe that's what they do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you pick up that option at this point, where with what we've seen from him over the last couple of years. Uh, but let's jump. Uh, actually, well, before we before we hopped on here, we got news of uh, another hiring that just occurred. Right? You want to break that for us? Yeah, um, Arthur Smith, the offense, the former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, is going to take the Falcons' job. Yeah, what do you think about that job? You think he's going to be in a good spot there, or? Um, remaining jobs, I had the Falcons as the third. Um, they have the fourth overall pick coming up. They're about $25 million over the projected cap. But you have an aging Matt Ryan, aging Julio Jones. Todd Gurley's a free agent. I mean, look at all the defensive issues they had. Although their defense did start playing better towards the end of the year. Yeah, what do you think they do with Matt Ryan there? Uh, I think they're stuck with Matt Ryan. If you look at his dead cap, it's like $49 million. What about Julio Jones? Uh, I just don't <laughs> think get rid of Julio Jones just for the fact of, you know, he's your guy. He still sells tickets. He's got those old legs, though. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. The- Renegotiate something with him, like... Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's he can still play. Obviously, we saw saw him. You know, he had a good year, but not for not necessarily for Julio Jones's standards. Uh, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. The Falcons to me, they just don't really have a direction. You know, they you try to look for teams, and you're like, all right, what's their identity? I don't really know what the Falcons' identity is. They brought in Dan Quinn, and he was all about speed on defense, and they. That worked out well for them for a year. And then since then, it's just, you know, since that collapse in the Super Bowl, it's just been a mess. And the offenses look like garbage most of the time. Uh, with those players, you're confused as to why, but that might be it. They just don't have an identity. Yeah, I mean, they have the fourth overall pick coming up in the draft. And to be honest, my guess would be they go offensive linemen if they don't take a quarterback. Yeah, that would mean that would be my guess. Uh but but yeah, I mean they're they're in that prime quarterback range right now where you know if they're looking for Matt Ryan's successor it it might be time to do that. But they have a lot of other needs. Yes, they do. I mean, I would personally go O-line because I think Matt Ryan still can play a couple more years, maybe two or three more years. But he's getting to that quarterback age where he needs a great offensive line to protect him because he can't move around the pocket. And he's starting to protect his body, you know, fall maybe a little too early before the pressure gets there. Typical typical Eli, right? Yeah. Just kind of collapse on the ground so you're not to. I mean, that's how you get to play so many games in a row. You just kind of fall down when you get somebody in your face. So, uh, yeah, who do you got? All right. So, so those are the three, those are three jobs that have been filled. Now, who do you, who do you have for, uh, your rankings for, I know you said the Falcons were three. So, who do you have as, as, as fifth on that list? I think you have to go with the, uh, Houston Texans here. So they're the least desirable. Yeah, who would want to take this job with 
You have Deshaun Watson literally just came out on Twitter that after the Hopkins trade, he was pissed at a level two, and now he's bringing it up to a level 10. You have former players turning on the Texans organization. Andre Johnson, who's, I would say he was, I don't know, it's close. Who would you say was more popular for the Texans organization? Him or J.J. Watt? They over, I mean, they played. They did overlap for a little bit. They did overlap. I think Andre Johnson. Was their first big star. Yeah, he was their first big star. And then, you know, as he was finishing up his career, J.J. Watt came in and he kind of took over. And that switched their mentality more to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, Andre Johnson was great. J.J. Watt is, you know, he's he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but when you have a player like that come out and bash the organization, that's... I, and I, you know what? I didn't even know that he was working for the team. I didn't know he was working for the team either. So, I yeah, when I, when I was... When this story broke, I, I was looking at it and... He was actually brought in by Bill O'Brien, who I believe was, I think he coached, Bill O'Brien's first year as the coach was Andre Johnson's last year. And after Andre Johnson retired, Bill O'Brien brought him in as like a, you know, assistant something, or he was part of the organization as like, a, you know, bringing back. Basically like a brand ambassador. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. So they bring him in for that. And then he ends up leaving, and now he makes these comments. And the front office is a mess. No head coach. Unhappy quarterback. Unhappy franchise quarterback. And you don't have a draft pick till the second round. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it can't get much worse as far as, uh, you know, a situation for, for a, a, what sounds like is going to be a first-time head coach. I mean, the names that you're seeing, right? Yeah. Um, well, the big thing was they didn't even have an interview scheduled for Eric uh, Bellamy. Yeah. And this is a guy that's been on every interview under the sun for like the last three years. And you don't bring this guy in. Um, yeah, it's it's it can't get much worse. We'll We'll leave it at that. And uh, who do you have for number four? Well, just one last point. That's why if if you're going to get rid of a coach, especially if he's your coach GM, <laughs> yeah, you have to fire him a year early rather than a year late. Because otherwise you get what Bill O'Brien did to this Texans organization, and he literally gutted it. Yeah, and where does Bill O'Brien end up now? He's he was just hired. I don't know. I don't know if you saw this. He was just hired by Alabama. Oh, as like a. Uh... He's the OC. Wow. <laughs> so he's going to be the OC, and then he'll somehow he'll push Saban out, and he'll be the head coach, and then he'll push out the athletic director, and he'll just take over and destroy that organization as well. So. Push out the uh, head woman's volleyball coach and. Yeah. Team into the ground too. Yeah, he'll do it all, and he'll burn it all to the ground. So, interesting hire by Alabama. Uh, but how about the how about the number fourteen? 
I'm going to go with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the sixth overall pick. They are $52 million over the projected cap. And you have the, the Carson Wentz situation at quarterback where you're stuck with his contract and no one's trading for that contract. Yeah, and this was one of the the this is one of the firings that you know when you asked me who I thought was going to be gone or or you had a list and I was like, "Yeah, let me try to figure it out." This was the one that I was the least confident about. And you know, we talked about what happened in that game against the Redskins. So I think that should be now called the cucking game. (laughs) So he gets his, he gets his marching orders from Jeffrey Laurie or whoever it was and basically throw the game so that we can get three draft picks higher. Roseman. Roseman. Yep. The GM, right? So, so somebody gave him the order, take Jalen hurts out. We don't want to win this game. At that point, I don't know, you know, I'm not in that situation, but what I would have done is I would have said, no, screw you. And if you want to fire me, fire me, but I'm going to save my dignity and I'm going to put myself in a position where, how can you hire this guy? I don't know how you can hire him for any position. I don't care his resume that he won a Super Bowl three years ago. He literally rolled over and showed his belly to everyone, and the whole team turned on him, and it cost him his job. And then yeah. he had that weird uh, statement saying, oh, I didn't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you didn't want to do it, then don't do it. He, wanted, he wants more organizational control where he goes next. He doesn't want to be told what to do. All right. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, I would be very surprised if he gets hired anytime soon because what happened and how the players turned on him, like you said, it's you lose all credibility. The whole league turned on him. Yeah. And I think, you know, a couple of players wanted to fight him during the game. It's like you, you can't, you know, you can't do stuff like that. And, if he did it because he was worried about losing his job, he lost his job anyway, and now he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Where if, at least if he said, no, I'm going to try to win this game because I owe it to the guys that came out every week and played their asses off, uh, and then he gets fired, then you can say, listen, this is what I was told to do. I said no, and that's why I got fired. You know, it's like, wh- which looks better for you? I think we know the obvious answer. It's yeah. Just... Yeah. So... He, he's a cuck. That's it. <laughs> so they have Carson Wentz's contract, all the BS about the, the quarterback situation. You know that Jalen Hurts is, you know, Jalen, uh, I, I don't know. Can you start Carson Wentz and say, well, we got to play him because we are, we're paying him all this money. No, you're paying both guys anyway. So play the quarterback that you think is going to give you the best chance to win especially in a division that uh, is it really going to get that much better next year? I mean, there's so many questions for all of these teams. Jalen Hurts came in and he won some games. Go with the guy who gives you the best chance to win because you, this, this division, 
it might be seven and nine again next year. It quite possibly could be because the Redskins' biggest hole is at quarterback, and by winning the division, they uh, they're not going to be able to draft a quarterback. I mean, you could argue every team their biggest question mark is at quarterback. Yeah, you're right, actually. Prescott coming off the injury, you don't know how he's going to respond. Uh, you know, Giants with Daniel Jones, Redskins, a free agent. Who is? I said Prescott. Yeah, a free agent technically. Yeah, that's a good point. He's not even under contract next year, so uh, a lot of question marks. And going into next year, you might sit there and say Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the division, which sucks as a Giants fan because you thought that you know Daniel Jones was going to be the guy, but I don't think he's shown that he can be. And yeah, I mean. Peterson's put himself in a tough spot. This team is in a tough spot, uh, but they do have talent, and that's why uh, I'm assuming that's why you have them, what, number two? Uh, Did you have them two? I thought you had the Falcons three. Yeah, Falcons three, and then I'm going to go Lions two. A li- okay, I just skipped. I completely skipped to number two. We were at number four, so I apologize. <laughs> Uh, so let's go. You, we already talked about the Falcons, so let's go to the Lions here. Well, I'm curious why you think they're number two. Yeah, I have the Lions number two. You have a quarterback, at least with Matthew Stafford, or you could possibly try to trade Matthew Stafford, who I do think has some value. You got the seventh overall pick. Their big holes are they literally have no wide receivers coming back on their roster next year. They're all three agents and that defense is horrible. Yeah, a big free agent Kenny Galladay would you wouldn't mind having him on the Giants. So we'll see what happens with that. But um yeah, I mean this number seven pick, does a quarterback make it to number seven? Do they have to trade up? You know, I'm not I'm not sure where they where they go with that. Another team that just has a lot of a lot of holes. You know, yeah, they found... Especially in that secondary and that D-line. Yeah, they have... You know, it looks like... Yeah, they just... They have a lot of holes to fill. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. The, the guys that they're interviewing don't really make me think that they're going to make a splash higher. I mean, they're talking about Todd Bowles. Uh, you know... The enemy is still there, and so, and these jobs are getting filled. So, is he going to be on the outside looking in again? I mean, the line they, uh, to me, they they got to go with a guy who, you know, uh, you don't go with top bowls. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, they are linked to the tight ends coach Dan Campbell from the Saints. So, we'll see what happens there. I mean. I think he did, actually, he was technically the head coach for a couple games in Miami as, like, an intern. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. If you're if you're going out on a limb with a guy like that, why not take a shot with Biennemi or Joe Brady or somebody like that that, you know, uh, that's just more, more exciting, more offensive-minded, uh, because you need to score points to keep up with some of these teams. I mean, Matt Patricia was a defensive guy, didn't work out. 
Matt Patricia has more problems than, you know, I can list, but. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if they go with a guy like Dan Campbell, I think it's a horrible hire. The fact that you just came off of an authoritarian type guy and there's no way this Dan Campbell guy is not going to be another authoritarian. Yeah, I th- I think I think going with with an offensive guy uh you know, the enemy you you would think he's got to get a job at this point. It's just a matter of you know, when the playoffs are over, are there going to be any openings left? <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not like college where where guys accept jobs and leave in the middle of a, you know, a bowl prep period or or whatever. Uh it doesn't happen. So these jobs are getting filled by guys that are no longer working at the moment. And the enemy might be working until the middle of February. I think that was his issue last year. I mean, but if the Chiefs are in another Super Bowl, how can you not hold your head coaching position and then just offer the house for him, basically? I, I get not wanting to be in a bind. Like if you if you wait out and it's like all right we'll wait for you, uh, you know we'll talk to you when you're done and then somehow some reason they stay like the Colts, you know the Colts had McDaniel's lined up, and then Belichick says no come back I'll give you this and I'll give you that and or maybe he didn't say I'll give you this he said I'll tell people this about you I'll tell people about this about you and he's got some blackmail or something, but. You know, th- then you risk out, you risk losing out on the guy altogether, and then you're scrambling to try to find a uh, a head coach. Yeah, but you would have to, to play devil's advocate. I would argue that Frank Reich was actually a better hire than Josh McDaniels, and it worked out perfectly for the Colts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you look at it now, and and it wasn't so bad. Uh, but it's all you know. It could go either way. I think the Colts got lucky. Um, that they had a guy like that and uh, and coached them to a good year. So you have the Lions number two. Who's number one? Who's left? Uh, I think that's obviously the Los Angeles Chargers. All I have to say is you have a quarterback. That's it. Justin Herbert's your quarterback, so you're in a great spot already. Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert. You have some young defensive guys. Uh, they have, you know, I'm curious if, if over, you know, the past few years with Anthony Lynn, uh, Anthony Lynn went 12 and four with the, with the Chargers in one year. I mean, I, I like to think that they won 12 games uh, despite his shortcomings as a head coach. Uh, but like you said, they've got a quarterback, they've got a young core to build around. And uh, that's the, the big key is the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, you have that build already. I mean, your big need is going to be offensive line. You should get a healthy Derwin James. Hopefully, you can stay healthy. Yeah, what a what a terrible situation he's in. I Passing mean, his is going on injured reserve, and he's looked great the few games he's played. But it's just, yeah, he's uh, he was a top ten pick, right? I think he was taken like sixth overall or something like that. And had a great rookie year. Hasn't been on the field in two years. And, uh, you know, uh, he's another guy. You know, you have a rookie option. 
It's like you, I don't know. I don't know how you can take that and say you're going to pay him X amount of money when the guy can't. The guy can't get on the field. And but if he, but when he's on the field, he's he's shown that he can do something. So that's another guy that that you know you could potentially have. But yeah, it, I think it's I think it's more of for me. It's all right. I got to go up against Patrick Mahomes for the next ten years if I take this job. Yeah, I mean. To be honest, this, if I was Eric Bellamy, this would be the job I'm circling, saying I want to take the Chargers job. That's interesting. In in Inside the division? Yeah, to be honest, though, you, you see that a lot of the times because you see those coaches a lot. Yeah, I guess I guess if anybody knows how to or, or knows Patrick Mahomes' issues, it would be him, right? Yeah, um, and there are very few, so. <laughs> <laughs> you need whatever edge you can get. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I, I wonder what the odds are on that. We'd have to look that up. But All right, so those are your rankings there. Just give us a recap on those jobs real quick from 5 to 1. Yeah, I got uh, Texans at 5, Philly at 4, Falcons at 3, but that position was just filled. Lions at two and the Chargers at one. All right, so there it is, straight from uh, Austin's mouth on his uh, coaching uh, job outlooks for for those vacancies that are still there. And uh, you know, it's always it's always fun to see this coaching carousel and who gets picked, who doesn't. Seems like a lot of coaches are are recycled, uh, but we haven't seen that lately over the past couple of years. We've seen a lot of new guys. And a lot of new guys come in and have success. So let's get to this divisional round. And as we go through, we're going to kind of share our thoughts from, from you know, the wild card weekend here. Schedule. Yeah, what is it? Um, Not a great week betting-wise for us. Uh, you went 1-4-1 one, and one against the spread, and I went 2-3-1 and one against the spread. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Really, the only way to put it, not a great week. Uh, you know, with your prop bets, would you would you do? You went eight and nine. Yeah, I went eight and nine, and I was negative eighty four dollars. Yeah, so you you know, if we're doing a unit uh, on each prop bet, uh, we're we're doing it was it was minus eighty four. You went eight and nine, but you hit on some of those plus money. So that that was kind of the the difference maker there to keep you from from having. Uh, you know, a worse week, but let's talk about some of these games coming up. All right, we've got four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So another full weekend of football for you. And the first game we have on Saturday is the Rams at Packers, 435 in Green Bay. It's supposed to be cold. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, 35 degrees, a chance of snow earlier in the day. Yeah, and, you know, you look at Rodgers' stats in games under 35 degrees, and they're just insane. 35 and 10 Mm. in his career in games 35 degrees or less, and that's what it's shaping to be like. Uh, I don't trust Jared Goff in this situation at all especially in the cold that football is going to get very hard 
and with a broken thumb, I'd be very surprised to see him under center at all in this game. Yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not shaping up to be a good a, a good uh, you know environment for him. Just like Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers obviously plays outdoors. He's had a bunch of experience in games like this. Uh, Jared Goff, on the other hand, went to went to the University of Cal, plays in Southern California. In games 35 and under, he only has two of them, but his passer rating is 35, mm-hmm. and he's got zero touchdowns and five picks. Yeah, definitely not good. I mean, the one benefit I'll give the Rams is I like Sean McVay more as a head coach than Matt LaFleur, especially since Matt LaFleur basically studied under McVay. Yeah. Former OC. Yeah, I so the spread right now is six and a half. Packers are the favorite, obviously. What worries me for the Packers is this this Rams defense. They're just they're playing, it seems like they're getting better every week. I just think that all other signs in this game point to the Packers just kind of having their way with the Rams. If they can give Rodgers even a, like a, just two seconds of time, he's going to he's gonna have a day. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I would say Rodgers' best matchup might be his tight end Runyon against a safety or a linebacker for the Rams because I don't even know if the Rams will play Ramsey on Adams. They might, they might play Ramsey on like Scatling to completely shut him down and then just double Adams. Yeah, I think even if they double Adams, I think the connection that he has with Rodgers is just, it's on another level. I mean, there's no quarterback wide receiver duo that I can think of right now that has the connection that they have. And, you know, I don't know. Even if they put Ramsey on him, I don't think they're. Sh- I don't think that they're shutting him down. And Rodgers is just going to go find somebody else. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely leaning Packers here. I mean, something we haven't mentioned is the Packers defense is actually very good. Their issue is defending the run, and the Rams did run the ball down Seattle's throat, but that Seattle defense is horrible. So it is a different story. Yeah, I think going into this game with the way golf is, I mean, the Packers, they do struggle against the run, but they're coming into this game knowing what they need to do. I don't think that they're worried about golf. I mean, you know, Cup, Cup has had the injury last week. I think he's kind of a, is he a game time decision? Yeah, I mean, I would assume he's playing unless he's really, really hurt. And Darnold seems, not Darnold, uh, Aaron Donald is uh, probably playing. He was injured last game, too. Yeah, so uh, I just th- I think that everything is pointing to the Packers just kind of doing, doing what they need to do. It's the second biggest spread on the slate, but still, under a touchdown, I'm comfortable taking the Packers and... 
um, and just and rolling with Rogers, keeping hot and and performing well in in these temperatures that not a lot of people play well in. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and take the Packers as well at minus six and a half. All right, so let's move on to Saturday night. We got the Bills hosting the Ravens. Bills right now are two and a half point favorite. Which way are you leaning in this one? I am leaning the Buffalo Bills. Despite the fact that um, they kind of let the Colts come back in that game at the end. Yeah. The, I don't know. The, I feel like I have to go with the Bills because I have them in the championship with the Chiefs. But I'm I'm concerned. I think I think the Ravens I think this is gonna be a close game. I think, you know, and as the spread shows, obviously, two and a half point spread. I mean you're talking about a field goal game here. I I'm gonna lean the Ravens on this one. I'm gonna go Ravens plus two and a half. I think this is I think this could be a you know, a one or two point game. Just just miss an extra point somewhere. You know, or you know, something like that. A field goal to win the game. That's what I think it's going to come down to. And uh, this this is a tough this is a tough pick for me. Both these teams, both these teams are are just playing very well. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Ravens is they really didn't beat up on like a bad Tennessee defense. Yeah. Like that Tennessee Titans defense is historically bad. And they only put up 20 points. Yeah, I, I, watching that game, I was thinking, you know, maybe the Titans just know how to play against Lamar Jackson. Maybe Vrabel just ha- has some sort of scheme that he's able to throw together to, to slow him down. Uh, because, you know, we saw it last year in the playoffs too. The Ravens didn't put up any points. Uh, and let's... Let's take a look at. I mean, Lamar Jackson went off rushing. I think he had over 100 yards rushing. And he actually threw the ball pretty well. Yeah, I'm looking up what the what the last few games have shown. It's not. And you said it. I got to stop using bang. Doesn't doesn't give me anything that I'm looking for. But we, I mean, just going back to last year, like I said, we saw it. They, the Ravens struggled against this Titans team, and maybe their defense was a little bit better, but you know, a lot of the same names. This Titans defense wasn't good. I just, I think that these two teams, you know, I just think that this is going to be a close game. So uh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm banking on. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens even pull out a win somehow. So I'm going to go with the Ravens plus two and a half. So we'll disagree on that one. Let's get to Sunday's games now. This is a this is a big, you know, big talked about game here. Chiefs hosting the Browns. Chiefs are our ten point favorite. Are you going with this big spread? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, as am I. I mean, the Chiefs do scare you a little bit. They basically took two weeks off because uh, Andy Reid sat everyone week 17. But it's the Chiefs. I mean, that offense is dynamic. This Browns defense 
I, I feel like I keep saying this because a lot of the, these teams got in the playoffs with some pretty bad defenses. Yeah, I think the Browns defense, uh, you know, we talked about in the middle of the year, they the defense looked like they were playing really well, right? But when you look at the games that they played, they played like three games in a row just in monsoons and conditions that, you know, are just not, you're not going to get any points. I mean, they had like they had like three games in a row where the total for the game was like under 20 points. It was ridiculous. And uh, the Browns, I, just, I don't know. They, they came out and just punched the Steelers right in the face. But the Steelers came back and had an opportunity to potentially steal that game at the end. Yeah, I don't understand Tomlin punting it there on that uh, fourth and one. Yeah, they, what were yeah. they at, midfield? Just about, or maybe on their, like, 45. All the momentum in the world. Yeah, I think I think the entire world would agree with you there. Uh, with how they were coming back in that game, it was like, all right, let's, let's just keep it rolling here. And the Browns, I know that they were playing, you know, basically playing prevent defense the entire time. But to let a team come back like that and not step on their throat, I mean, I, I don't trust I don't trust Mayfield. When he actually has to throw the ball to win a game? Yeah, and he's going to have to throw to win this game because you know that the Chiefs are going to put up points. So, and you know what? Even if, you know, if you just want to talk about straight up winning the game, I mean... I don't think the Browns really have a shot. But, you know, it's a big spread. It's a big spread. I think, you know, I'm, su- I'm surprised that it's not smaller at this point because a lot of people are jumping on the Browns, you know, bandwagon right now. I mean, to be honest, what's this? The first Browns playoff win in forever? Yeah, God knows how long. <laughs> Since Jim Brown was the running back. So they Jim Brown, but uh, don't you think getting like patted on the back saying, "Oh, this is amazing! This is the best Cleveland team we've had in how long?" It's almost like beating the Steelers was the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's it's like oh, they did enough. Great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that kind of coming back down to earth and and letting their guard down a little, thinking that they're you know, this great team when they're, they're really not. I mean, I, I just, I think the Chiefs, you know, and you can't really count this as a bye week because the Chiefs didn't know who they were going to be playing. But you get an Andy Reid team with a week of rest. Oh, it's insane. Andy Reid coming off a of bye, his record. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, you don't, they didn't know who they were going to play, but to, I don't know. It doesn't really matter that much, you know. They they were they probably had a had a soft plan for each team, and said, you know, let's let's do a little planning for both, and that way we're ahead of the game when we find out who we're playing, and they get that extra week of rest. I think that they're they're going to steamroll. So let's finish up with the Sunday night game: Saints hosting the Buccaneers. Eighty-five year old combined age of these two quarterbacks. So how do you feel about this one? Um, this is, I think this is going to be the closest game, but I am going to lean Saints here 
the Saints have already beaten the Bucks twice, and everyone always says it's really hard to beat that team the third time, but I don't know what's going on with Ronald Jones. It was just a mystery injury that was never reported anywhere. Yeah, that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, Mike Evans, um, yeah, he played last week, but he wasn't the same player. Yeah. I know we tweeted about it when it happened. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, Ronald Jones will not return to the game. He never played in the game. So I, I, what happened? And then it turns out he hurt his hamstring in warm-ups. It's like, ah, did he really hurt his hamstring in warm-ups? Or were you just not confident that he was going to play and you were going to sit him anyway? And you already knew that. You just didn't want to say it. That's the type of stuff where, you know, if you're, you know, get, you know, like we saw it, it was a no action, but I mean, you got teams that or or you got people that rely on this information and a lot of the times it's not accurate and it's by design. Yeah. And the NFL has always been big on uh, injury reports and, Listen, the injury report is only for the gambler. Well, that's why they got rid of, I mean, they got rid of the, desi- the, the, the questionable designation, right? Uh, no, what was it? What did they get rid of? The probable? probable? Yeah. So they got rid of probable, I guess, to give you some sort of better idea if they're playing or not, because they had probable, questionable, doubtful, out. Now they just have questionable, doubtful, and out. Which I guess that doesn't really help that much. I think questionable. You're just supposed to assume that they're really playing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to say that that's the case, but you just. I don't know. I mean, if they want to be taken, you know, it's like the the NBA when they were when they were talking about you know the NBA get betting and. And how the the league wanted a cut. They were going to have their own betting service, the the NBA. It's like, if you're going to do that, you better have a better system in place for this. You know, for the NBA specifically, oh, so-and-so is taking a night off, but you don't find out until, you know, two minutes before tip-off that Joel Embiid isn't playing because he's tired. And it's like, you better be able to roll out some better information and the NFL, what is the cutoff? 1130, you know, for those one o'clock games, it's 1130. Is the injury cutoff? Usually an hour and a half before game time or two hours before game time. Yeah. So hour and a half, two hours before game time where you're supposed to know, all right, these people are dressing, this person's playing, who's not playing. And you go based off that, but if you're if if you have the ability to just say oh yeah so and so is playing and then oh they're really not playing there's got to be some sort of I don't know I don't know what they I don't know what they can do it's there's really no solution but as a better it sucks because you do that and uh, you're relying on this information that you like to think is accurate and it's really not so I digress that's my that's my rant for today. Um, as far as the Saints Buccaneers, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers plus three. I don't know. Again, this is going to be a close game. I don't know who wins. I just think that. I just think if if Brady can get going, the Buccaneers are going to win this game because I don't think the Saints offense, the Saints offense does not have this the firepower that you think of when you 
when you talk about the Saints offense. I think you you have Breeze who can't really throw the ball downfield. Give Kamara, but the but the Buccaneers are pretty good against receiving backs. All right. I mean, you brought that up last week. Yeah, they are uh, very good against receiving backs. But uh I mean, Kamara should be a little healthier this week. He that was his first game back from COVID last week. Michael Thomas should be healthy as shit because he didn't play all season. <laughs> yeah. He looked he yeah, he looked pretty good last game. So say that again? I said, yeah, he looked great last week. Uh for someone who hasn't played and then to be honest, they beat the Bucks without him the whole twice already, so you would think they'd be able to put more points up against the Bucks this week. Yeah, I just I, I don't count on them shutting down Brady three times in one season. That's that's what I'm going off of. And it looks like I mean Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown is is getting worked into the offense. All three had, you know, monster games. And uh yeah, I just uh, good luck trying to figure out how to slow down Tom Brady three times in a row. That's that's all I'm saying. I think this is going to be a close game. So, although I I didn't like how they gave up 23 points to Washington's offense. Yeah, that's true. Against, that's true. Against Heineke or whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe they just caught him by surprise. I mean, I I enjoyed watching Heineke run around out there. <laughs> that one touchdown run that he had. Yeah, it's just sometimes you need that person that knows that they have this is their one opportunity, so they're just going to go balls to the wall and go nutty. Former XFL guy coming in there. There's been a few of them this year, so hey, I mean, I, I like seeing that. I like seeing guys just go out there and play and not really, you know. I mean, it, it goes one of two ways. Either they usually play well or they get murdered in the first quarter. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Matt Moore a couple years ago. He went out there and he, he just got blasted. And, uh, yeah, that it seems to happen one way or the other. It's, it goes. So uh, those are our picks. So why don't you give a recap for us? Hey, uh, we're both on Green Bay minus six and a half. You're taking uh, 